0: Miss Monroe, it's time. Mm. A kiss on the hand. How'd you get your start? Maybe what start? In movies. Quite continental. But diamonds are a girl's best friend. I guess I was discovered. I know you're supposed to get used to it. But I just can't. I've played Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Doing another scene with Marilyn An Andrew Dominic film is a rarity. Since Dominic's directorial debut with Chopper in 2000, Dominic has directed just three other feature films. When you average less than one feature film every five years, it's difficult to build momentum and notoriety. Yet, to cinephiles, Dominic is one of the few living auteurs. Blonde is Dominic's passion project, And it was originally announced in 2010, slated to be Dominic's next film after the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, with Naomi Watts in the frame to star. Instead, the movie languished in development hell, and Dominic went off to make Killing Them Softly. In the decade since Dominic's last film, a lot has changed in the cinema landscape, most notably, there has been a decline in movie going and a rise in streaming services. Blonde is Dominic's first film to be released straight onto a streaming service. A Netflix original, it's difficult to find Blonde in theatres. Looking it up in advance, I saw that it was screening in Melbourne, but not in Brisbane. And although desperate to see it on the big screen, I was not so desperate that I'd fork out 200 bucks to fly to Melbourne. Forgive me, Quentin Tarantino, for I have sinned. Watching it from my lounge room, I can't help but feel that Blonde would be enhanced at the cinema. With cinematography by Chase Irvin, Blonde rivals Jesse James with its sheer beauty. The movie has been criticised for being long and torturous, but I think it could be enhanced by the immersive nature of going to the cinema. On first viewing, I was interrupted by a phone call about 20 minutes in, and I opted to restart the movie to try to maintain the immersion. In saying that, Moviegoing has changed, and had Blonde been given wide release, it still would have struggled commercially due to its unconventional narrative and graphic content. The days of high-grossing R-rated dramas seem to have ended with The Wolf of Wall Street. That Blonde went straight to Netflix is just a product of our economic reality, and even if it was designed to be seen in a theatre, the movie was always going to be streamed by the majority of audiences. Only cinephiles go to the movies to watch arthouse dramas. On the surface, Blonde seems like a departure from Dominic's three prior films, which all focus on criminals. Blonde is also Dominic's first film to be centred on a woman, having one of the most male-centric filmographies of any mainstream director working today. However, Blonde seems to be in line with many of Dominic's recurring themes, continuing with the notion of celebrity set out in Chopper and Assassination, and the critique of capitalism and American exceptionalism that was prevalent throughout Killing Them Softly. This is Dominic's most ambitious film, and he is open about that, saying that it will be one of the top ten best films ever made. Its scope is broad, following Monroe from almost the cradle to the grave, which is in stark contrast to his other films based on real events, Chopper and Assassination, which are generally confined to a specific time in their subject's life. The visual narrative is sprawling, with magnificent shots of Monroe's childhood home being set on fire. There's also shots of the fetus inside her, and the stars in the night sky. Yet it's also myopic, while Assassination and Killing Them Softly feature brilliant supporting performances by some of the best character actors of their day, Adrian Brody and Bodley Carnavale are underutilised in Blonde. They are supposed to be playing Arthur Miller and Joe DiMaggio, but they are credited simply as the playwright and the ex-athlete, which is illustrative of how little attempt is made to make these characters memorable. They are mere ciphers in Munro's turbulent life, rather than individuals with motivations and agency. The reception to Blonde has been polarising. Some critics have hailed its state-of-the-art cinematography, while others have criticised its exploitative scenes and the liberties it takes with recounting Monroe's life. However, at the same time, the movie is quite one-note, and Monroe is portrayed as a victim with limited agency, instead of being the larger-than-life and magnanimous persona audiences knew her as. Looking at these criticisms, I'm torn. On one hand, I disagree that every female protagonist needs to be strong and empowered, and I think that such narratives actually sugarcoat the real exploitation that women face. On the other hand, I just don't think Dominic has made a movie that's entertaining and enjoyable to watch. The one criticism I don't have time for is about its historical inaccuracy. Anyone with an understanding of Dominic's filmography knows that conventional biopics aren't his forte. Chopper's narrative structure is unreliable, while Jesse James is based not on a history book, but on a historical fiction novel by Ron Hansen, Blonde itself is based on a novel by Joyce Carol Oates, and Dominic notes that it has as much Joyce Carol Oates as it does Monroe. Dominic lists Apocalypse Now, Badlands, Barry Lyndon, Blue Velvet, Marnie, Mulholland Drive, The Night of the Hunter, Raging Bull, Sunset Boulevard, and The Tenant as his top 10 favourite films, and it's easy to see their influence on Blonde. The parallels with Sunset Boulevard and Mulholland Drive about the dark side of Hollywood are apparent. There are also clear Kubrick and Malik with repeated cuts to shots of the stars and Monroe's unborn fetus, which felt reminiscent of 2001 A Space Odyssey and The Tree of Life. At one point, there is a slick shot of a sex scene which transitions into a waterfall. This reminded me of the transition from the prehistoric bone to the spaceship at the start of 2001. Monroe's death scene reminded me of Lynch's The Elephant Man, while the starlit night sky echoed The Night of the Hunter. All of this speaks to a filmmaker with great influences, yet what's missing from Blonde is heart. When looking at the future for Andrew Dominic, the outlook is bleak. With just four movies in the last 22 years, it's difficult to see studios having sufficient confidence to bankroll any future projects given ...that he is this far without a major hit. IMDb lists War Party and Stirlunger as upcoming Dominic projects... ...but IMDb can be too ready to present projects as having been greenlit... ...when their development status is tenuous at best. Perhaps the streaming model could benefit Dominic... ...as it has other filmmakers like Scorsese and Fincher... ...since Netflix is not driven by box office results... But in saying that, Netflix, as with most other streaming services, seems to be more interested in quantity over quality, and it's unclear what return on investment they'd get from a prolonged association with a brilliant but erratic auteur like Dominic. With my own film going, I'm finding myself conflicted. As much as I defend directors and an auteur theory approach to cinema, it feels increasingly like there are only two types of films today, big budget franchises based on pre-existing intellectual property and art house movies with limited appeal. It often feels like only the filmmakers who've already made it are able to make interesting and provocative movies, but without a mass audience to appeal to, these auteurs have been prone to navel-gazing. Those who follow this channel know that I was disappointed by Christopher Nolan and Paul Thomas Anderson's latest efforts, Tenant and Licorice Pizza, and I also think Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch had all Anderson's pretensions without any of the grounding of Rushmore or the Royal Tenenbaums. Along for the days of the 70s, or even the 2010s, where it seemed that adults still went to the movies and it was possible to make mature movies that appealed to more than just a narrow interest group. I want desperately for an auteur to stand up and make something with universal appeal that will get adults engaging with cinema. But unfortunately, Blonde isn't that movie. Ireland doesn't exist. When I come out of my dressing room, I'm Norma Jean. I'm still hurt when the camera is rolling. Marilyn Monroe only exists on the screen.